Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season 3 of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace. Peace. Peace, y'all. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Artistry. We are Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. We are so excited because yes. today's guest is a first for Artistry. Um, we have not one, but two special guests on the show today. Um, these two ladies we've known for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, they are artists, they are designers, mm -hmm. and business owners. Please welcome to the show sisters Nicole and Adrian of Feast of Burden. Yeah. Hi, Hi, ladies. Great hello, year. hello. <laughs> welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you guys. We go back um, to Pratt. You yeah. know, we're all Pratt alums. I, I feel like. Adrian may low key be part of the reason we're together. I feel yeah, like she yeah. had a little something yeah, to did. do with it. She did. Yeah. She a did. Lot. A lot. There we go. Look, claim it. She did. Yeah, claim it. She's not shy. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Michelle, have stand over for dinner. Yes. Sure. Yes, she did. And then she left me. Yes, so she did. The story goes, I was going to make pasta. And, you know, the pressure was on because my sister, my Italian sister, um, I was like, I'm going to make pasta. And then she left me. Right. She I did. left I was so me. Nervous. She left you. She left you in capable hands. Well, clearly, but I did take a picture. I have a picture of Rochelle making pasta before I left because I knew it was going to be a magical moment, <laughs> um, and I cherish that photo because I haven't shown anyone because the rest is history of you guys. Nice. But she was at the stove, and I was like. Stan is bringing his entire crew and I'm getting out of here because I, I'm, I'm nervous for all of you. So I'm getting out of here. And then it happened. Oh, God. Magic. Well, my, awesome. you know, they <laughs> always say the key to a man's you know, heart is through his stomach. Yeah. So, And I'm still here. And he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How awesome. are y'all? How you doing? You know, we're. We're connected, that's for sure. Yeah, we're sharing, like everything else we share, we're sharing these headphones to yep. share business and family. And we can't get oh. enough of each other. Yes. Awesome. I love well, it's a, it's a it's a perfect segue because we are going to, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, you know, um, you guys are originally from Flushing, Queens, from Queens, but you currently reside in California. So I want to know, as we've, as those who watch the show, we ask all of our guests, um, you know, because we're still very much in COVID, and this show was birthed during COVID. Absolutely. Um, and so, how are you guys handling the three, what I like to call the three F's? You know, family, being in California, fires and fashion so how have you been navigating those three f's in these it, last two years it's funny you ask that because nicole and i have for years wanted to do something together and we could go through all of that later how we got here but it wasn't really until covid hit and us being stranded at home that we really like started what we do now um and really just had a lot of family time together. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of flushing things out that we just never had that time to do. And that's how Feast of Burdens was born, mainly because of COVID. 
And it's always amazing to me just meeting anyone now that's not in LA. LA, we are masked. We are still, it is as if like the last two years never happened. Right. And like we see people from New York and they haven't worn masks in months. And we're like, oh no, like still it's all here, day. Yeah. We're even tonight we were saying how, oh, we, we can't go to a restaurant with the kids because of COVID. Like that's right. still on yeah. our minds here. So we live mm. in, you know, different world with just having little ones at home and starting a business during a time where it's scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've, we're coming through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, when we actually had the idea for Feast of Burdens five years ago. Mm-hmm. So we had to, and we didn't do anything. We were <laughs> like, so um, like self-sabotage. So mm-hmm. we had our DBA, we had our tech, we had everything set up. And it was only until COVID what you were saying, yeah. but it was five years before that of like, maybe we should, what is blah, blah, blah. And then it was COVID that really. So every year we'd call our accountant and be like, do we owe any taxes? And like, like, we you haven't sell sold anything. anything. Right. <laughs> so we're like, oh, that's how yeah. that works. Oh, okay. You don't have to pay taxes if you're not really running a business. So that was our first yeah. business lesson. Wow. Um, wow. 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 So let's take it back, um, you know, to like the beginning, I guess. Um, what was your earliest introduction to the arts? Oh, gosh. I mean, I came out of the womb. Yes. <laughs> so you're older. You go for it. I will. I'm going to answer. There's a lot of weight, but I will say yeah. my mother did used to say that Adrian, as a child, would make dresses out of towels when she got out yeah. of the mm. bath. And do fashion she shows would, and like wrap herself up. Um, I think one of one of the things I think about when you ask me that question is that's a shared experience. Mm-hmm. I would say the factory in, oh, Long, in yeah. Long Island City yeah, because yeah. art. Growing up in New York, art is all around you. Art was in our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew art to be um, painting and drawing, and you know, mm-hmm. going to the museums and all like the more traditional forms of art. But there was this building in the 80s in Long Island City called The Factory. And it was like this weird artist space. And I don't even know how our parents found out about it. But Mm -hmm. it was covered in like tile and pottery and mirrors. And now it would be an Instagram experience. They would charge $50. (laughs) And you would take a selfie. But it was like a weird, no weird, so weird. It was an artist community. But like you were like cross, like you weren't even allowed in. Yeah, I don't know how everything, everything was wrong just about what my parent, our parents were doing with this young place children. That, like we're, we weren't, we were trespassing. That's exactly yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. And so okay, <laughs> okay, we were trespassing. Yeah. But I think that was like my first feeling that art doesn't have to be what you think it is. It doesn't right. have to be a painting or a drawing. It could be a feeling or a space or a building. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and we talk about that place a lot. Yeah. And, and also the other place that was a really big um, part of our upbringing that like we've been going to, it's now gone, but Broadway down in Soho used to be mm-hmm. not a safe place. Yes. And there was a phenomenal another store, another artist community uh, called Unique Boutique. And mm-hmm. at Unique Boutique, you'd go in and there was an entire like t-shirt, spin art, 
um, graffiti area. Mm -hmm. And then there was a whole makeup counter. And then they had at the time vintage pieces. And it was just wild and like the music pumping. And this was when Keith Haring had his pop shop down the street mm -hmm. and Basquiat was in the neighborhood. And there was a graffiti artist that, I mean, I'm like five years old walking on the sidewalk and there was a graffiti artist that used to leave purple um, footprints mm -hmm. on the city streets. And like, you'd follow the footprints and like all of this crazy stuff that you just were a part of and you didn't realize that it was not gonna last forever. And now you go down and you're like, I can't even afford the street. Can't <laughs> yeah. even afford going to your price. I'm like, forget it, coffee for like $10, sorry, I can't. Uh, right. But like all yeah. of those places that we took for granted as kids that we just come to like realize that that was where we felt ourselves. Like we didn't feel different. We felt like we were with our people even as young kids. Mm -hmm. That was like our first real introduction um, of our parents getting us out of Flushing Queens and saying like, look what the world has. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never had those technical skills like an artist. Like I can't. I have friends friends who are amazing painters yeah. and ceramicists. And, you know, my hand skills were not in that way. It was more, I was always more advertising and I ultimately became a creative director. But I think part of the, that comes from experiences as a, as a child mm -hmm. of seeing, you know, oh, of yeah. seeing it and then wanting to create it and I just need a team to help me do it. And like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. No, and that's 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 important because I think a lot of folks, and this is one of the reasons why we do this show, is because mm -hmm. to show the different types of careers that the arts um, have available to folks. Yeah, you know, it's sure. not just you know starving artist, painter, mm -hmm. or sculptor, but you know the arts administrator or the mm -hmm. advertiser, or the creative director. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like this show, you know. Part of what we, of course, there are so many different stories that, you know, we get to share through our friends um, with the different careers. So it inspiration for other artists, but also I, I kind of look at it like for some of our peers who maybe aren't in the arts and have children that are in the arts. A lot of times when their kids are interested in art, they think their kid is going to either draw comic books or cartoons <laughs> yeah. so a lot of them don't understand that all of these different fields exist these right. opportunities exist so it's right. um it's it's important getting your story and and um showing where it begun too like these things that we experience and just kind of take in or take for granted mm -hmm. um end up moving us to you know do amazing things like what you all are doing so you know it's yeah. important yeah what would you all say um do you enjoy most um, throughout when you think of throughout your careers and not to say that you're done, but um, throughout, <laughs> throughout your careers, what have been some of the biggest awards and challenges? Um, would you like me to go first? No, if you, I can. All right, go ahead. So <laughs> I think one of my biggest rewards was I've been in the fashion industry for almost 20 years. Um, when Rochelle and I graduated, I said, you will not see me on Fifth Avenue. I am not stay like, I cannot do this. It's not for me, yeah. the environment, the people. I just was like, I'm not forget mm -hmm. it. So moved to California thinking, all right, I'm going to go into costuming. It's going to be so easy. Just get right in there. And I moved here when Nicole and I moved here in 2003, not realizing that it's another hard industry to break 
and just show up and like either get to the supermarket or I'll just get a job. Like no big deal. Uh, not that easy. And mm. I finally answered a blind ad back in 2003, did not know the company, had no idea. They were just looking for an assistant designer, took the job over 19 years later. I'm still there, but wow. I love it. It's my job. It's great. I love what I do. But my biggest reward came when Nicole and I started this. There's something about owning something. Mm -hmm. And gosh, here. <laughs> and it's about something, owning something. And we believed in this. This is not something that we just came up one night and said, this is what we want to do. We've flushed this idea out in so many different ways. Um, Nicole and I started back in 2014, a um, dinner party experience. It was a supper party that happened once a month and it was based on Bon Appetit magazine. Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know what, if you're getting the magazine, great, because you get the magazine and you don't make anything. So this dinner helped everyone get the magazine. Everyone had to bring a dish to the party and we would all talk like what, you know, all the good things that we got from the recipe, all like they want us to get um, ramps. Ramps are onions that come out like once a year for like possible, a for a day <laughs> if you like close your eyes and go in the garden <laughs> and you find it. And like the the magazine comes out in October where ramps are not in season. So like things like that, we'd all joke about like what were your, um, what did you, what were your difficulties? What was the good stuff? And we'd all have a great dinner and people started coming back. And month after month, they, were, they kept coming in. When we started, it'll be like, okay, we're going to take a month off. People were like, oh no. And we're like, Oh yes, this is, this is hard. Like having you all over because we wanted to give people the experience. Mm -hmm. So we would set the table. If you had a night off and you were coming to spend it with us, we wanted you to, if you had to get a babysitter or you just had to plan your schedule, we wanted to make it an experience that you, you were really, you know, putting on your calendar. So we would do that. And then COVID hit. But when COVID hit, some things happened with Bon Appetit magazine that we did not support. And we really had to say to ourselves, we appreciated our time with the magazine and the things that we've heard. We're not, we're not, we're not employees. We don't know. It's what we hear and what we hear we're, we don't stand for. So we decided to cut free from that. But we realized our love of entertaining and our love of food. We're not chefs. We're not, you know, we, we don't put us in it. That's why I left when Stan, when Rochelle was boiling water, I was like, I'm out. Um, we are, that is not my forte as much as I love it. I love the experience. I love you coming to our house. If you are coming to our house, we want you to feel welcome. We want you to enjoy your meal. We want you to have a night that you'll talk about and look forward to coming back and seeing us. And we took all aspects of everything that we do from fashion to manufacturing, to the artistry, to your, if you're coming over, are you going to be on a linen tablecloth? Yes, that's beautiful. But really you, somebody's got to wash that after and you got to get it dry cleaned and can't do that. So we really took time into picking our prints that we wanted and touching and feeling the fabric because you're sitting at the table all night. How many times are you like not touching what's on your lap? So we, we did a lot of research and ate a lot of food during COVID and that's where we've, so that's my reward is this one. Oh, well, I'm not going to, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, 
I will say exactly. I was going to say exactly what you just said, so I won't say that. Uh, I will say uh, my one of my greatest rewards in um, my field has been um, I took a very um, traditional um, path in advertising and creative direction. So intern, studio assistant, junior graphic designer, graphic designer, senior graphic designer, art director, senior art director, all of that. And I think it was one day when I was a, when I was finally creative director and I had to give one of my first reviews to someone, a good review, not like a, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. Um, and I found myself saying something that one of my mentors had said to me, which is when you're in a creative director, you need to let go of your ego because it is not about you. When you were a younger designer, the creative directors came to you for your ideas and your passion as a creative director, you have to let it be about your team and take the suggestions of your younger artists that are, you know, giving, that's what we hired them for, you know, it's not make it be, I'm going to choose the font, the this, the that, that's not the trajectory of a good creative director. So I think that was a big reward for me because I, I actually felt something in me shift like, oh, yeah. I've learned this lesson that my mentors before me have said, and I maybe, you know, didn't want to hear it then, but I, I got it. So that has helped me work. <laughs> Every idea, Nicole, what do you think about this? No, no, we said yes. And we what did yes. I say we earlier? Yes. We said but yes. And like working together, working together though. And as sisters, yeah. I mean, we have ideas at two, three in the morning or like while she's dropping her kids off or I'm dropping my son off. Like, yeah. it's like, what do you think about? Like, I have a, a mind blowing idea. What do you think about this? And she's like, okay, okay. And then like later, I'll just send more little tidbits. And then I love it when she says, this is my favorite. She's going to say, we don't say this, but I know what you're going to say. I agree. Yeah. Yes, I She'll say, no, I don't like that. And then two days later, she sends me, I had a great idea. <laughs> what if we did this? And, and you're I like, scroll back. It's a little different. It's always a little different than what you said. Always a little, but the same. Even with a dinner party, she's like, no, 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 no. I don't like that idea. And then she inherited all of mom's Bon Appetit magazines. And she's like, shit, I got to use these. So, I mean, but it's it takes time, but it works. It works. Yes. And we also said in the beginning that if, anything if there's any sort of real strife between yeah. us like a oh, real fight not a I don't like this pattern whatever I'm like I will shut this down in a but hot second it wasn't said like that it's like if this ever happens <laughs> and we ever then it's shut down I was like, okay, because I'm not okay. I'm this is not it's true this business is not more important you know, than us family. and you and you've yeah. read so many stories about you know yeah. siblings Mm -hmm. uh, father, daughter, father, son, mother, daughter, any kind of business relationship in a family that has torn a family apart. Yes. Yeah. And that is not worth it to no. me. Like at right. the end of the day. So we let it, we have Similar. our, we yeah. bicker, we, we bicker about artistic no. decisions. We've never bickered about like our core values as a, no. as a company no. um, or in life. Yeah. So, yeah. but that awesome. is, I think that really needs to, you know, when you're starting a business with somebody that you love, to 
lay down the groundwork because it's going to happen. I mean, you're creating your art together and art right. is passion, right? You have feeling for it no matter what it is. I mean, I can, we've, we've rearranged sentences oh for <laughs> 20 minutes, uh, you know, or when we put together our, our products come with, um, a menu that we, yes. oh, the so, menu just, and we got hours and I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> so yes. each product comes with a suggested menu just to help you, you know, start thinking. And, this and it's might- not just thrown together. Like we sit there and we like, Blood orange sorbet. No. What about a tangelo sorbet? Mm-hmm. Oh no. What? Co- I don't want. I want a passion fruit. I'm not making a passion fruit oh, sorbet. She, and she goes like, really <laughs> deep with it. I'm like, Adrian, these are suggestions. She's like, yeah, but if they had spicy for an appetizer, and then there's like red pepper. And I don't know if I want that color on my tablecloth. <laughs> I let her. I let her do it. Now I know we need extra time to plan the pretend everything. Coruscant and Stan were like sending email. I'm like, I don't email. I don't no. like. I luckily I had to text her the other day. I'm like, Nicole, how do I repost a post on Instagram? And then she's like, Oh goodness. So she had to like email me. And it's funny because Nicole, her um, Instagram, she got she got a new phone last week and she got locked out of her Instagram. And she put on Feast of Burdens. The personal like, Instagram. On her not... personal Instagram. And mm-hmm. she put on Feast of Burdens saying, like, from Nicole. I've been locked out. I I'm now using these as my Instagram. And I told her I'm gonna say from Adrian, what's Instagram? <laughs> like I am so bad, but I mean it's part of my manic personality. Like I I'm better off not being online. Yeah, Adrian is more so. So I <laughs> yes. let Adrian is allowed to really talk about the stitching and the way the tag is going on. I'm like, I don't care. I need it. I need a picture of it. I need to say like, yep. like the color, you know, what are we calling this? The copy about it. But um, we are definitely exactly the same, but also totally opposite. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, my two fellow. Know, no, I was just going to say, that's one of the things I've always admired about your, you guys, your relationship, because mm-hmm. us having two daughters, my, <laughs> my biggest thing has always been, oh, I want you know, you guys are the model. I want my daughters to have the relationship that these two have because there are people, like you mentioned before, there are people who do not speak. Like once they become adults, they don't talk to each other. And I'm just like, you know, I I come from a Caribbean background with a large family. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. going years and not talking to my family, so. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, um, just to shift gears real quick, because you kind of covered one question we were gonna ask, Mm -hmm. which was how, like, how has your art evolved over the years? And so I feel like you do, um, dove into that a bit. But I want to talk about, you know, as a graphic designer, um, I love, love, love your logo. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Thank you. I love your logo so much. It makes my whole heart happy. Neither so, of us did it. So. Right. But it's so okay fast. because, I mean, lo- the logo is part of it, but I also love the name. So mm-hmm. I like outside of just the, the logo, I really want to know like the meaning behind the name. Can I tell you? You I tell your logo yes. and then you talk about the name. Okay. And then, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, the logo actually is, was, is a gift from my husband who is a, Emmy Award winning motion graphics designer. I got you. Shout out to you. Um, But we, when we were dating, that was something that was, you know, that bonded us. And we both love 
old school typography. So mm-hmm. this is inspired by Herb Lubelin, um, who designed amazing letters in the 60s and 70s. And Craig kind of saw me working on sketches in the five years that we didn't do anything official. Yeah. And when I started putting, I had done a, um, a branding workshop with an agency to help me well, Adrian, because Adrian has a full-time job to kind of um, help me get, bring all of my ideas together because I'm all, I'm all over the place. Um, you know, I just love inspiration and I could be inspired for the next 20 years and not do anything. So I worked with somebody who helped me kind of take my key piece of inspiration, whittle it down. And there was a, a recurring theme that kept coming up, which was kind of like this, 70s thing we looked Mm -hmm. at um fendi logos from the 70s when it was the tiger Mm -hmm. and colors Mm -hmm. that spoke to us and a palette and craig came back one day with this and we both looked at it and we were like no notes (laughs) no notes (laughs) (laughs) and it was right and our colors back to the 70s influence um nicole handed me a um, tomato sauce can and mm. said these are our colors because that's what we resonate with we resonate mm. with a lot of that rusty red and um we matched like all of our colors and then putting them together do they work it was like a light color and design class all over again you want to, <laughs> i don't know how to make these work i wasn't to, paying attention if you want to spend four hours with adrian give her a pantone book because it was like i'm like adrian I carried them around. I left her house and I carried these little Pantone chips oh for like a week. And I'm like, it's not working. It's not working. And she'd be like, come back over. And I'd come back over and we'd lay them out. And the book was shredded. I'm like, this book is like $800. I stole it from one of my first jobs. Sorry. That's how we all get our first yeah. Pantone book. Exactly. Um, and it was looked like Swiss cheese yeah. when she was done with it. But we, oh I think we really, I mean, we nailed it. We feel, and we nailed it. Craig nailed and we it. said, yes. All right, so the name, Feast of Burdens, um, we've all been through a lot in life, Um, Nicole and I, especially losing our mom, and just, you know, some nights aren't as happy, but you still, the show goes on. So Feast of Burdens is, come on over, we all have problems, we're still going to eat. And doesn't need to be the most perfect dinner, it's like perfectly imperfect. Feast of Burdens, bring your problems, we're still going to eat. No dinner that we've ever had, ever has been flawless, but we, pictures and everything, we make it look fantastic, but getting the process ready, we are not that Pinterest type that can just put on a perfect palette and be like, we're done with this. So Feast of Burdens is welcoming those problems that arise. Like, okay, so you left your, Nicole every dinner, leave something in the oven. The next day she calls us and she's like, oh my goodness. The oven's not on anymore. (laughs) No, it's not on. But something's in it. So she'll text us the next day, she'll be like, oh, the meatballs (laughs) are still in the oven. Or, oh, there's a loaf of bread. So, so we just wait the next day to see what is still in the oven. But, like, there's always something that goes on. But it doesn't mean we're not going to eat as a family or we're just going to say, you know what, forget it. Um, and we also don't want dinners to be too precious. Yeah. We want you to throw a tablecloth down. We want you to welcome people to sit and eat. We want you, another big thing for us is shop your house. Like, even mm-hmm. in this photo, there's things that you've never taken out of your china cabinet ever take Mm -hmm. it out use it Mm -hmm. um one of the first dinners our parents got divorced um when i was 18 so nicole was in college and i remember our mom 
like she's like Nicole's coming home from college. We're taking my wedding china out of the the cabinet, and we Amazing. ate on it. We would have like um, denim and diamonds party, and we'd all put jewelry on and eat in the dining room, which we were never allowed to even look at. We never kids. ate in the dining. We room. never ate in the dining room unless it was like it's a high quiet. holy holiday. So we'd always like it was this precious thing of putting a tablecloth down and serving on platters that we were never going to use. And now Nicole like puts something, I'm like, Oh, don't touch it. And she's like, if it breaks, it breaks. It's okay. Right. Oh, and no. I'm like, it's going to break. What's yeah. the difference? Like it's a glass, it's a platter. No, like, like rather that we never use it and you're getting well, better. I am getting better. I'm getting much better. Um, but you know, yeah. you have to eat dinner 365 days a year. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, there's 365 chances to, come together, like set, it doesn't have to be a fancy table, but we no. don't want you sitting, um, you know, over the counter shoveling. It's, you know, food is a very intimate mm -hmm. experience. And, you know, we were, we all went through being raised on fast food and, you know, well, not pizza and all that stuff. <laughs> Well, we went to we weren't allowed. Well, raised. Yeah. We were, you know, we're functioning people in the world. Like we, it's easy right. to just go somewhere. Yeah. So to just take, a, even if it's just a half an hour, like put this tablecloth. And down after and you put do paper it, paper plates on top. Yeah, we paper don't plates. Care. After you do it, you realize you don't have to clean the table <laughs> underneath. So it's like the next <laughs> night you're like, oh wow. Like I, we think Nicole and I like to be like, what are our kids going to be like? when they grow up and they go to a house and there's like no cloth napkins <laughs> and no tablecloth yeah. and they're like, Oh, this is the most fun night I've ever had. It's it. not, yeah, they're gonna be like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's so funny that you say that because we, we were actually in New York. Um, we were in Long Island mm. um, attending a, a cookout. We, the first time having the family together in a long time, you know, since, yeah. Yeah. since COVID. So it was mm -hmm. a cookout and my cousin, you know, she's her mom wasn't there. Her mom was out of town, and she's like, "Oh my god, if my mom was here, she'd be like, where's the tablecloth?'" And instantly, I thought of you guys, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. The table isn't done until no, it's dressed. It's naked. No, it's naked. Right. It feels naked. It does. To me. It feels so me, naked. Yeah. Um, and I mean, having two kids, there. No matter, I have, especially now with COVID, they walk in. I'm like, wash your hands. You're eating dinner. Wash your hands. Yep. Even doing that. They're just kids, like, and then they sit yeah. down. If the if the tablecloth, if there's no tablecloth there, like, they are all oh, over is, that table before yeah. we even eat. So, yeah. um, I feel like it's been a, especially good during COVID to just kind of reset, yeah, yeah resetting to give it yeah. some flair. Mm -hmm. yeah. So real quick, ladies, we got to pay some bills uh, yes. real quick. But um, but before I run this ad from the sponsor, several times your mom uh, came up and I just wanted to honor her real quick and Hi. bring her up on the screen because this picture made my heart smile. Yes, Miss so uh, Doreen. Yeah, so it's a beautiful picture, y'all. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Hey mom. Yeah. And Rochelle's wearing her polka dots And I'm wearing my polka dots. Yes. Yes. I love it so much. Thank you guys. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so you guys hang around for a second, and we'll be right back with more artistry. But let's go ahead and uh, shout out our sponsor real quick. Shout out the Words, Beats, and Life. Uh, we'll be back. We got a quick word from, I want to say them, but I had a little something to do with this because <laughs> I, I teach for them. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back, folks. Peace. My name is Stan Robinson, also known as Substantial, and I teach the business of music at Words, Beats, and Life. 
Learning the business of music benefited me personally because it gave me more control over my career, my legacy. I basically took control of my catalog. And so most of these companies pay directly to me and my business. I make a pretty good living making music full time. So the reason why I want to impart this, uh, this knowledge onto the youth, though, I understand the value of this information. So the freedom to be able to own your creations and basically be able to monetize that any way you see fit without asking someone's permission, that's extremely important for me to pass those gems on and give that information to other people. And that's why I'm with WBL. Be sure to enroll in my class at wblinc.org slash academy. Hey, hey. All right, folks. And we're back. So, um, to continue on, um, I know uh, we had mentioned about your work experience. And so the two of you have worked for some notable companies, organizations. Um, what would you say has been your most memorable? I mean, I was creative director for Fredericks of Hollywood for a while. So I would I say that entire chunk was very <laughs> memorable. I mean, I mean my sexy time, sexy time was not a boring day at that job um, <laughs> or at home. <laughs> Adrian. I remember when Adrian told me that you were working. That was like, really? Yeah. I remember because you know this is back in the day with yeah. catalogs, and I remember yeah. those catalogs. Yeah, well, that I mean, that was kind of the most. That was pretty memorable in that Fredericks was. Uh, I think they started in 1946, and it was like 2016 or 17 when I stopped working with them. But I was there for the entire shift to social media from going to a catalog forward company to an internet company um so those were really big um really big lessons in marketing and advertising how to shift i mean even when i was at pratt um our typography teachers were still drawing the alphabet like we were learning computers with our teachers mm -hmm. so yeah. I kind of feel like I replicated that whole, that end of Pratt experience with, um, with Fredericks going, learning yeah. how to, how to shift gears and just try new things out and new mailing strategies and new ways of speaking with the customer. And mm -hmm. I mean, even PR, every, everything kind of, kind of changed. So that was, yeah. that was, pretty memorable and for those that don't know fredericks of hollywood please google him but it's an <laughs> intimate apparel company very intimate very <laughs> intimate <laughs> so back to your um computer learning with your professors i tell people rochelle and i learned 1950s fashion yes we learned how to make yes. patterns yes we learned how to cut we learned how to sew we learned how to do everything but anything we need to do today to survive uh -huh. in the fashion industry. Right. So luckily I've been blessed with teams and able to do what I do and know because of our bringing, but it's a completely different world than it was then. Yeah. And they're not learning that. So they're learning how to do everything on a computer, but when you actually have to go into a fitting, they don't realize that it has to be three-dimensional or how to fit on a person or how to work or even just dealing with people. Mm -hmm. You know, when you deal with the computers all day long, it's hard to deal with other people. And 
reacting to other people's reactions and just, you know, on a day to day, a lot happens at any job. So when you're learning a different skill, we were able to learn a way to, you had to learn to work together in a, in a showroom of very different personalities (laughs) and you needed to know how to everyone use their skills to help each other, which, you know, on the computer, it's you and the computer. So Mm -hmm. you're not really, um, intertwined as much as you are were back then at least right uh, so yeah. in my field i've been my blind ad that i answered was for a bridal company and when i answered the ad i wasn't getting married at the time and i didn't know unless you knew there were probably like five to eight bridal designers that were well known over 20 years ago and unless yeah. you were getting married you didn't know who they were I knew who Vera Wang was because I am from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And that is who, when you were young, and that's who you, like, you just knew because that, that was, was an East Coast. Cinderella moment. No, yeah, but it was an East Coast designer. So now I'm on the West Coast answering a blind ad. I walk in and there's a huge bridal poster. And I'm like, oh, co- it's a costume. <laughs> I can do this. This is a costume. And right. I was like, okay, I, I, I can go through this interview. And it was for bridal and evening wear that turned into ready to wear. And it was for Monique Lulier. And when I started, this is how long ago this has been. Nobody at the time, I mean, you knew who she was if you were in the industry, but not many people did. And I could not pronounce Lulier. And small team, starting company, and one of the front office um folks said to me, she's like, you know, we're really small. You can help answer phones. And I had to say, I don't know how to pronounce the name. <laughs> and she said, Lulier. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And there I am. Hello. Good afternoon, Monique Lulier. And I just, I was like, wait a second. I'm not here to do this, but I just love it. rolled off my tongue. It's still rolling off my tongue. Um, but I, I grew with a small team. Obviously, it was very, very small, and we're still a small team inside, um, but we work together. And yeah. what I've learned from Monique, which is so important in any company, and what you had said, your um, your uh, your creative director had told you, Monique, it's her company, it's a husband and wife team, just like mm-hmm. the two of you, and any job isn't too big or too small for her or any of us. If the garbage is overflowing, she'll throw it away. And that's how we work. We're yeah. so small inside, but if the job has to get done, we get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been rewarding for me because I get to do something that I never thought I even wanted to do. I mean, Rochelle and I, so senior year, you have to make a collection Mm-hmm. and your final collection is four or five pieces, whatever you choose, and you have to make one evening wear piece. And back to Adrian, who is not going to be in fashion. She's going into costuming. I said, I'm not doing the evening wear piece. I'm not doing evening wear. Mm-hmm. I'm never doing evening wear. I don't need to do this. I'm just going to do my collection. Uh-huh. And I didn't do it. No. I didn't do it. And now. Wait, you just 20, didn't do it at all? Didn't do it. Because I'm not, I'm not going into evening wear. Why would I do it? Nineteen years of evening wear. Yes, I, I've 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 made up for that one mistake I made in college, not doing it. But um, you, and I was like, why? I'm going to be a costumer. Like that's that's what I am. But you know what is so funny? Because I remember those who can go back to the archives, okay, <laughs> can view her Peter Pan, her Peter Pan collection. And with the fabrics, mm-hmm. when you, and it's funny, throughout the years, because I knew about Monique, and throughout the years, I'm like, that's Adrian. I can see it. 
I can see it. That's Adrian right there. That fringe right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my most amazing moments working with her was Rochelle was coming to see a show and I was leaving like the back of sweating just like I am now, do like ironing, pressing everything before a show. And R Rochelle was going to critique the show. So Rochelle's going in. I'm going out and we caught each other on the sidewalk. Oh, and it was like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> so it was like, oh my gosh, we're grown up now. Like we're not in the Pratt cafeteria, like waving hello. We're like, oh my God, we're out in the world. Somebody let us yeah. out into the fashion industry and here we are. That was awesome. Oh, that was uh, good times. Awesome. <laughs> so, so this is, um, Originally, it was just one question, but I'm going to make it a two-parter, right? Um, so I feel like a lot of what you just talked about, what you both have been talking about throughout is the importance of teams and, and learning to work together. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, that's great advice. Um, outside of that, what other advice would you have for, like, emerging artists? And then, you know, after you answer that, the I'm going I'm to hit you with the second part, but I'm going to bring a picture up to go along with that part. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so Nicole can think about this because this is the most important thing for me in life, no matter what you do. I even, I mean, Chris, my lovely husband is like, all right, I don't have to be happy all the time, but enthusiasm. I don't care if you want to be in the office all day or not, put on a smile. You're here with me now and we're going to work together. So enthusiasm in no matter what you do. So when you are just starting out, if you are excited about it, if you're excited about it, I'm excited about it. If you're not excited about it, why, why am I going to even take notice? And you don't need to be jumping off the ceiling. You don't have to scream it out loud, but you need to have the passion and the enthusiasm for what you do to convince me to have the same. And a lot of my artist friends, I feel the same when they start talking about things that they believe in. I'm like, yes, it took somebody to be like, Stop talking, girls, and do it because that's yeah. what we tell all of our friends. Just do it. Like the enthusiasm is so important that you're the one that has to make it yourself. So be excited about it and be passionate mm -hmm. about it because no one is going to do that for you. That's something that comes from within. Yeah, they're going to yeah. try and suck it from you, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're trying to squash your enthusiasm. Right. So that is good. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think that my advice is to not be so precious with your ideas in the mm -hmm. beginning. And I had, I think this is kind of what kind of kept us from doing anything for those five years. And certainly in my career, whether I'm designing something or, or you know, I'm locked in this idea where you know, you're just like, this is it. This is the best idea. There is no changing. I mean, the prototypes that we had in the beginning, when I look at our oh, original gosh. fabric scraps that I, Adrian had sent me off to a vendor to go look and I came back and they were beautiful, but not our, no. not where we are now. But I remember being like, so like hurt and like, but this is, if we do this, then I could do this and this, and this would be the name. And this is like, I could see it in my head, everything that's coming together and being able to, let that idea go and let a, a new one will come. Like you're an artist. You're, this is not your last idea. This is not the, the end of the road for you, but mm -hmm. um, just right. not being, not being precious with it. And that, you know, that's a tough lesson to learn because right. we're, we're taught to believe in ourselves and to stand up for ourselves and, mm -hmm. you know, have that passion and enthusiasm. Right. But 
you know, if you're going to be a working artist that you're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, turn your art into a career and money, there is going to be, you yeah. have to be able to let things go. Say, yeah. that was a great idea. I'm going to let somebody else have it. We have 10 failed business ideas in between <laughs> the two of us that we just, we had websites that we were paying websites for that we never, my husband was like, I'm not renewing this. And like, he likes to bring it up every now and then. He's like, what about this? It's like, bakeries and baby clothes and you know anything um but you know letting it go and sorry one last thing to also talk about the four of us have been through the art school experience Mm -hmm. we learned really really early on in our young age the art of critique we Mm -hmm. learned how to accept it we learned how to give it we learned what proper critique is and what you just don't say Mm -hmm. and the hard part now with social media is people don't know the the way to actually critique something that you're actually like i go on if you go on anywhere it's like i don't like that (laughs) okay like i don't like that because the yellow and this it's just like give if if you don't like something fine but i also didn't ask if you liked it or not but there's just the art of critique is something that everyone should learn because it hurts and that's another reason why it's taken us so long. Cause again, self-sabotage and it's like, Oh, I don't know. Do I really want to mm-hmm. put myself out there? Like yeah. we know you and I'm sweating profusely talking to you guys. And that's why I was like, okay, it's Rochelle and Stan. Like I'll do this, but I'm like, Oh, somebody's going to watch this. You're going to be like, Adrian, she just rambles. She just, like, I can't like, it's, it's scary out there. Yeah. So it's an artist, yeah. you know, when you have, when you so passionate about something that you're like, this is my art. I created yeah. this and somebody's words can just tear it down. You have to be strong enough to be like, you know what? I'm passionate. I am enthusiastic, enthusiastic about this. I believe in this. I believe in myself. That's will get you through all of that. But I also think networking and keeping um, Mm -hmm. your circle of like, I have art directors that I used to work with that um, I may not have worked in an office with them for like 10 years, but I can certainly send them something and say, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because they know they are artists and they know how to, they know the feedback to give. So I think definitely surrounding your, like find one or two people that speak the language that you can both give and take um, advice from and um, be able to not take it to heart, but, you know, yeah. you know, Openly, like I, yeah. I go to people that I hold in high regard um, mm-hmm. in art direction. And if they say, oh, you know, that's when you put that logo <laughs> really small, Nicole, like you can't see. It. And I'm like, mm, you're right. <laughs> but um, if I showed it to my dad, oh, my dad you know, <laughs> I would not get that same type of of critique from him. He may say, oh, the yell, you know, like something that I can't use. So find, find yourself. Do not tell any bad stories about that. <laughs> we launch our tablecloth. Oh, yeah. This is cool. And we're like, Dad, we're so excited. Like, we've five years. Like, it's not like one year, two years, two years. Mm-hmm. And, like, we saved our money. We did all this stuff. Like, look at us. We're independent. And we're like, Dad, look at our tablecloths. He goes, you don't have any round tablecloths? <laughs> and we're like, oh. Give it up for Ralph and Fonte, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he keeps us young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wrong, but no, you know, right. not yet. <laughs> right. I love it. Gotta right. love it. So, 
Which leads me to the the uh, second part of what I wanted to ask you. Now, like we talked about emerging artists, right? But what would you tell these two little girls? Oh! You know, what advice would you give them? Oh, oh, so much advice. Um, See, look, look out! Look out! Just ask the guy. Just keep it to business. Not lie. We'll yes, here we're talking business, hours. you know. But uh, I'm not. I'm listen. I'm not going to get in the way. Um, I would say when I was younger that I did not trust my artistic exactly instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe felt I wasn't good enough or as talented enough, or like I said before, those skills that. Um, my fellow classmates who were better painters and drawers and, you know, your kids, so there's a lot of like art contests and mm-hmm. somebody's picture is going up at the Queens museum and, you know, they won the prize and all of that, that, you know, I think that kind of dulled my shine a little bit and took a little bit of my um, self-esteem away as an artist. Um, I think I would have, done a lot more a lot earlier if I thought that I, what I was doing was amazing. Um, Mm. And that there was a place for me in the art field that maybe wasn't the traditional um, steps that you would take. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, mine is exactly the same. Mine is don't wait, just do it. Like you have nothing to lose. Like, I think we could have, imagine what we could have done in the last 20 years together that now, um, I mean, I'm happy we're doing what we're doing now and and how, what we flushed out and where we got here and how we got here, but I would have done it a lot sooner if we could have. Um, but it was just, it's fe- yeah, okay, maybe not. <laughs> I just, I don't like living with regrets like no, that. No, I'm not, I mean, I I'm not I regretting it, regret. but I would say don't, I would tell her, I would yeah. say, do not wait. No, do not like, you have nothing to lose. I mean, I like to say, I like a little Instagram wisdom of don't look back. You're not going that way. I think that is, you know, yeah. so what, whatever paths we took to get here, yeah. we, you know, can only help us grow. So we're, we're going to be the poster children for <laughs> women in their 40s starting a business. Like, I think, yes, I do think that that is an important part of um, what we're doing is that mm-hmm. you are not, you know, we don't need to be retired because we still have valid ideas yeah. and, and things to <laughs> can't, can't contribute. Retire. We're definitely not retiring. Um, but, you know, like there is such a youth culture right now, mm-hmm. especially with, you know, the way that we all communicate with each other um, on social media, etc. But, um, you know, the confidence and just, yeah, you know, not being put in any of those boxes that I probably was putting myself in. Um, and I didn't even realize it when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Little Nicole, you're going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so good. I mean, that's such great advice too, because I think, I think women, uh, 
you know, women and men of our generation, because we literally had one foot in how things were, right? Mm -hmm. And one foot in what it is now, today. Right. And so I think it's the best of both worlds, but we also have that go-getter. It's not like back in the day when we were watching TV and mm -hmm. um, it was like the Golden Girls and it's like, oh, you're 50 <laughs> yeah. years old and you're done exactly. for, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, here we are in our level. 40s and thriving, you know, and, and doing um, phenomenal things. And so mm -hmm. I think it's sure. a great position to be in, you know? Um, we're gonna transition a little bit, get into some fun stuff. Not not that any of this wasn't fun, because no, it's been entertaining. Fun. It's been entertaining throughout. <laughs> but I wanted to get, because I know you guys love parties and love dinner parties, and what, I wanted to know, what is your favorite occasion or holiday? <laughs> okay, you take the microphone off. I'll just say why Adrian is laughing. We did a quiz. We do a quiz with the kids where the quiz, they do like a Q and A on your birthday. Mm -hmm. Like, and my daughter wrote up a whole quiz. Like, I mean, everyone has to guess. Like, so what's mommy's favorite color? What's her favorite song? And you know, and we do this. So it's our family, Nicole's family. Uncle Scott, Uncle Philip, we all get every birthday, we get together. So it's like a family thing. We do it every Good. birthday. So Adrian, Adrian and her husband are like, oh, we know Nicole. Yeah. Well, these are the answers. And one of the questions was, what is your favorite holiday? And everybody <laughs> got it wrong because I wrote Easter. And it is not my favorite holiday. And I have never expressed, I don't know Ever. what. So now the family joke is that Nicole's favorite holiday is Easter. So, I mean, I love it, but it's just, it's not my favorite. So her birthday's in February. Mm -hmm. And this birthday we hosted at our house. And what we did was we set up an entire, for dessert, we set up a entire dessert table, like Easter mania. Easter. It had like gra like Easter grass. Bunnies. And like marshmallow eggs. And marshmallow eggs. Oh, and all of that stuff because it's her favorite holiday. And it's her birthday. So we might as well give her her favorite holiday. She had so, to Amazon like everything. All of this Easter candy. It's like not out yet. There was no Easter candy. And she's like, I hope you enjoy those marshmallow eggs. It's like a box. So you can't buy five. So I left her with a huge. I'm sorry. Box. What was the question? Our favorite holiday. Um, I would say if it's your birthday, that is my favorite holiday. I yeah. love celebrating somebody else's birthday for them as my favorite meal yeah. to create for someone like you tell me like uh what what you like and we will yeah. take it and run with it you like well, nice. pasta we're gonna do a, a whole pasta dinner you're gonna hate pasta on at Rochelle's the end of this. 40th birthday send her flowers to her older dress and whoever got them never even called the florist no one's ever they enjoyed it celebrating her 40th birthday oh. with the beautiful bouquet yeah, flowers absolutely. but yeah birthdays in this house and it's like it's so stressful when it's your own birthday you're like i don't want anything i don't don't do anything mm -hmm. don't do anything and then it's somebody else's birthday it's all like oh forget it um for father's day last night so even chris was like okay next year we don't have to be so rugged with our adventures but Chris loves camping and I do not. So uh, we slept in a wagon in Julian, California. And we went, he wanted he's into gold panning because that's what I don't know, but we did the whole experience. California. Yeah. And it's like anything that you can celebrate somebody. Like, and if it's, it's any holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, because it's not about us, it's about family and getting together. We really, thrive and it's something that like our both of our parents were very into growing up is the holidays and like being together and um from 
all of our family would set the table and it would be a big meal. And we really got that in us of like seeing people smile and like Mm -hmm. how you can make it an experience that they want to remember. Like you remember the last time you had a great, like you remember when you went to Long Island, you remember Mm -hmm. what a great, even though they didn't have a tablecloth, you remember (laughs) that though, but you had a great time because it was all Mm -hmm. about being together. And so we really like to um, bank on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, before we wrap up the show, we're going to do some rapid fire questions for you too. It's fun, fun, fun. So the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. So for each of you, all right. So number one, favorite wine or spirit? Go. Uh, I would say uh, Chianti. I know. I guess this is where I tell you guys. I do. I like a cold Chianti. I'm pregnant. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now because. Oh, oh my goodness! Another, another scene. That's our table. December holiday. Um, what we're working on right now for December. Uh, so there's no spirits in this house oh, unless uh, you're Odul. So wrong question for seltzer, me. So I'm like, seltzer, I water. seltzer. Right. So, no, I can't have bubbles. It's painful. No. Uh, my my drinking buddy. I know. Taking some time I used off. to be like vodka soda. This. Uh, uh, <laughs> now I'm like. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good reason. That's a good reason. Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations Boo. Oh, thanks. I can't wait to drop it off at your house. <laughs> oh, D. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, see, and I, th- I thought about that. I was like, what if they don't drink? This is going to be totally mess. Okay. <laughs> I normally do. I do a lot. <laughs> so... That is so awesome. Oh, congratulations. Thank oh, Chris, you. you were in for it. <laughs> <laughs> double, double. So number, okay, question number two then. Okay. If you could have only one meal for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. your favorite meal, what would it be? Pasta. I was gonna say pasta too, but then yeah. you, I think you gotta be more specific. What kind okay, of pasta? Okay, so yeah, penne, rigatoni. You're right, I would do, yeah, egg, I, I would do eggplant parmesan over a pasta, which is what I order mm. anytime I go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sign me up. With some red sauce. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're Italian girls. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, great. Number three, favorite dessert? Mm, cannoli. Okay. Vanilla, like boring vanilla birthday cake with chocolate icing and like rainbow sprinkles. She like, loves the vanilla most, cake. I hate the vanilla most cake. like, like when you say happy birthday and you're five years old, that yeah. vanilla cake with chocolate frosting and rainbow sprinkles. You, you have to be in the non pearls. You do love a birthday. Do, so at least I you're do. consistent <laughs> when we do a rapid fire. It's really, <laughs> you're tracking. I like I it. I like it. Okay. So number four, favorite playlist for a dinner party. Mm. Ooh, I, one one dinner party, I put um, Tribe Called Quest on, and it nice. wasn't. It didn't change. <laughs> it was four hours of Tribe Called Quest, and I was like, "Is anybody going to be like, all right, we've had enough Q-tip for a little bit?" Right. And, Sam would be um, like, "Yes, yeah. yes, there's never enough, <laughs> never enough Tribe." So, right. So I always pick 60s soul. Oh, she does. She's like every, Motown. Every time it's like Motown, Motown or 60s nice. soul. It's I like, just think like okay. it is the very best soundtrack because you may not know all the songs, but those songs have created all the songs you know. Yeah. So yeah. everybody has can find something in that. So yeah. that is yeah. my absolute 
favorite. My kids already know how to ask Alexa. <laughs> the, kids, the kids come yeah. over to my house and they're like, oh, yeah. what is this on the radio? Like, oh. Yeah, they don't this listen is... to any modern music. <laughs> 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 I love it. something I really like it <laughs> I love it I love it all right and our last one favorite flower or centerpiece mm. I love weeds <laughs> if you can go outside and pick whatever's out there like I am the worst for it Chris will come back from the supermarket and it's beautiful and I'm like she, she takes the, the flowers out. She loves the yeah, green. Like, I love the green. Really? She, I love, like, she loves the, a branch. <laughs> a branch is, oh, oh, my gosh. She loves a branch. I do. I love a branch. I love um, sticks, branches, yeah, she leaves. She's very earthy. I always like to, <laughs> that's a nice way of saying you're picking up branches and sticks. I love it. Um, my, the gardeners come in the neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm like, Chris, can you have a dinner party? <laughs> And he's like, I am not I've going and collecting from the neighbor's garden. I'm like, why? They have such beautiful dogwood. He's like, come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have, um, so I live at mom's house now. And my mother wanted, when she was landscaping, she wanted very fragrant bushes. So she planted mm. a lot of rosemary outside. Mm. And rosemary does so well in California. It, this thing is gigantic. So I love to, no matter what we're doing, I like to always take a couple of sprigs and put that on the table because it's very fragrant. It's it's savory without being, it's not like you're putting a clove of garlic on the table. It just, it feels like food. And I like to like rub the leaves before people come in to kind of, you know, let it naturally scent the table. So I think any flower that you add to your dinner centerpiece, put a little rosemary in it yeah, and you'll thank me later. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Oh, well, ladies, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. This was so much fun. Us. It was Definitely. great catching up. Now get your butts you over to California. Yes, please come yeah. visit us. We're we'll actually coming. We're coming dinner. in October. Yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll talk be about there what you want to get afterwards. You have to put in your menu. Your menu yes, because you know, that was my next thing. I was like, we'll talk about it after the show, yes. but we're coming in October and we're coming for dinner. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, so guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you all. Thank you to our guests. Thank you for you guys for watching. Mm -hmm. um, we so appreciate you. For our next guest, to keep with the theme, we are actually going to be um, interviewing Chef Alex yeah. for our culinary art. So yeah. we are having <laughs> our chef that's going to talk, walk us through his journey, so his yeah. creative path. So that's in two weeks, so please and be he, on the lookout for that. And he's also family. I feel like he might be the first family member yes, on the show um, as well. Family. So first chef on this show mm -hmm. and first family member uh, to be a guest on the show. So that's uh, yeah. it's pretty cool, so we're man. We're forward. excited. We're keeping we're it excited. the theme. Our friends yeah, are dope. Sure. Our family's doper. Our fr yes. <laughs> yeah, <man>. Celebrating <laughs> all these awesome folks. Awesome. And, and shout out to the viewers. Shout out to the people who are chiming in uh, in the chat as well. Mm -hmm. And um, also shout out to uh, folks who are listening to the audio version of the podcast as well so thank you to everyone um before we go i just wanted to do one last shout out so many shout outs um shout out to um all the fathers uh this past uh you know father's day weekend and also um i hope everyone had an amazing juneteenth as well and so we'll be back in two weeks uh two weeks thanks again to our sponsor words beats in life and ladies y'all have a great one take care you too, guys. Bye, you guys. bye bye Peace, All right. everybody. Peace.
Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season three of Artistry is sponsored by Words, Beats, and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.